0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts
1: now. Welcome back to our number two. Today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning here, January the 19th, 2022. It is 8.02 on your Tucson morning. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I do greatly appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show as we try to put together a good little radio show for you here every single morning, a little two-hour show talking sports, keeping the uh, the opinions flowing, and trying to keep you entertained and informed as well. As uh, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, I know that you guys have a, a choice of where to get your information from, and I do appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show, and uh, and we'll keep things going for you. we got lots of local stuff to talk about here in hour number two. We will talk men's basketball coming up in just a little bit um, as they get ready to embark on a, a lengthy road trip, an, an unprecedented road trip. In the the, you know, the the latest realm or the recent realm of Pac-12 Pac-10 basketball, uh, a three-game road trip in California begins with a matchup Thursday night against Stanford in Palo Alto. We'll talk about uh, we'll get a little preview of Stanford there. I I I've gotten to see I got to see Stanford early, and I've I've I watched one game uh, like a week ago, but I haven't seen a whole lot of them. I know what to expect out of Jared Hass, and I know. I'm somewhat familiar with the roster that he's put together there. Uh, this is a kind of a different type of Stanford team to what we're used to, though. So we'll talk about that coming up. Um, also have those women's basketball tickets. Be listening for your cue to call. It could happen any within the next 52 minutes uh, that we're left here on the air to uh, to call for those tickets. So be ready for that because that's the, uh, the game against Utah this Friday night. Tip time is at 7 p.m. at the McHale Center. Be listening for your cue to call. And we could have... More Roadrunners tickets to give away as well. We're going to be texting for those for uh, registrations to win the family four packs to Star Wars night uh, next Saturday. So be listening for that as well. Lots going on here on the Jeff Dean show. Every year in the NFL since for the last 32 years, somewhere near and around 50% of the playoff teams in any given season are new to the playoffs that year. Meaning that they were not in the playoffs the previous season. So, With that trend being continuing on and on and on, 32 years, that's a huge sample size. We can officially call that a trend that is not going to die. Next year, we will see anywhere between five, six, or seven possibly brand new teams in the playoffs that weren't in it this year. So instead of looking at the teams who didn't qualify for the postseason this year, because I, I don't need to talk about them right now, that would That's, that's a, a, a whole week's worth of shows there. I want to talk about the six teams that made it this year and have already been eliminated. Let's start with the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, they, they, were the, they were the early game, right? They were the first team to be eliminated from the playoffs. They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals 26-19, had a chance to push it to overtime. Um, Derek Carr unable to connect on his final pass, and the Bengals are moving on. Now the Raiders are are an interesting an interesting uh, you know franchise this year because they made it with a an interim head coach for the first time ever in NFL history an interim coach led his team to the postseason. Now, if I before I give my opinions on why, I believe the Raiders are going to be one of the teams out of the 2022 season of playoffs 2023 year the 2022 NFL playoffs. I don't believe that they'll make a return next year. There's plenty of reasons why. Um, look, first of all, you have to go up against those quarterbacks in the AFC West. It's a, it's a difficult task up there to go against Patrick Mahomes twice a year, and now Justin Herbert, who is becoming a superstar in that in the league as well. Not to mention whatever Denver is going to do, they're going to be a destination spot for one of the big free agent quarterbacks this season for sure, and they're. Trying to you know trying to build something special there. They've got a really good defense. They can run the football if they get a, a, a decent quarterback. And I'm and look, Teddy Bridgewater is is a decent, if not a little bit better than decent quarterback. But he can't stay healthy. He's tiny. He's frail. Uh, if they can get themselves a, a real game changer quarterback, Denver's a, a multi win you know a, a, a double digit win team um, easily next year. The Raiders look they've got a lot of issues. First of all, they've got to hire a new GM who's going to hire a new coach. I don't think that Mike Mayock should have been fired, to be honest with you. Um, I've heard some people talk about the way that John Gruden went about about his business there in Oakland or in, in Las Vegas, Oakland, in Las Vegas. He, you know, essentially, you know, Mike Mayock is a guy who specializes in evaluating talent. He's been doing it for a long, long time. My business partner and a guy who I've been really close friends with for 20 years is close with Mike Mayock and a guy who I'm also, I've also worked with over the years is used to be Mike Mayock's roommate in college. Like they're, they're really, really close. Mike Mayock is a sharp dude. Like he, he has been doing this for a long, long time. He has been evaluating talent. He's been assessing the NFL draft and assessing, assessing college talent as it transitions to the NFL for a long, long time. He was overridden by John Gruden in each of the last two drafts of players that he wanted to draft, and instead they went with Gruden's guys. And I'm not going to give you the list of guys here, but both first-round picks in the 2020 and the 2021 drafts were picks of John Gruden's. They were not Mike Mag's picks, and both of those picks ended up being a complete disaster. One of them is not even with the team anymore because he killed somebody uh, in a car crash. So, listen. <laughs> the 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 thought that, that you would fire Mike Mayock, it tells me one thing. And, and I mean, honestly, this is, this is what it tells me, that Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, wanted to bring in a new head coach. Mike Mayock was going to stick with Rich Bisaccia. They're very close. Mike Mayock believes in Rich Basaccia. He thinks the world of him. He brought him there to be the special teams coach, to be a glue guy for the locker room, to be a bridge between all of the different coaches there because he is one of those galvanizing figures and has been around the league for a long, long time. He was Mike Mayock's dude. So the fact that Mike Mayock is no longer there tells me that he and Mark Davis probably had a meeting and was like, eh, I, I, I don't want to bring you, I don't want to hire Rich Bisaccia." And Mike Mayock's like, you're crazy. He's the head coach of this football team. And, Mark Davis was like, well, guess what? You're not going to be making that decision because you're no longer the GM. <laughs> Look, they're, they're, they're in trouble. Um, they've got some real issues in – first of all, they're a really young team in certain aspects and an old team in other aspects. They need to get a lot better on the defensive side of the ball, and they got to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. Is Derek Carr the guy? Is he the guy to take him on to the to the next level because he's got one year left on that five-year extension that he signed? And – I I don't know if they're sold on him yet so listen they've got a lot of work to do they weren't that good of a football team to begin with and also the history of the NFL tells you that teams who feasted on close games and that's what the Raiders did they all four of their they, they won the final four games of the season by a total of 12 points okay NFL history will tell you that teams who feasted on close games like that like three point and fewer games that they've won, Uh, end up turning around and having a sub-500 year the following season. I think that's the Raiders next year. I think they're out of the playoffs in 2022. Let's transition to the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles, who got absolutely stomped by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The 31-15 score is not indicative of the lopsidedness of that football game. I think the Eagles are out of the playoffs next year. I think they kind of caught everybody at the right time uh in in this you know in this particular running of their you know the the run that they made to the to the postseason this year. It just kind of seemed like everything went their way. The the defense is not good, but it was good enough in certain situations where you're like, they would just kind of make a play here and there that just kept a team out of the end zone or made a team punt instead of uh converting the third down. Just little things here and there that the Philadelphia Eagles did that I don't think those will end up turning their way in the next season. Not to mention, I don't, you know, I'm not a big fan. I, I listen, I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a, he's a he's a capable quarterback and he does some nice things. But Rich Masashi and Howie Roseman really have to take a look at this and go, "Is is Jalen Hurts going to be the guy? Like, if we want to be continuous playoff contenders and make deep runs in the playoffs, is it going to be Jalen Hurts?" The answer is no. (laughs) Okay. But they're not going to be able to fix that in the draft. And I don't know if Philadelphia is necessarily a destination for free agent quarterbacks right now. So they're going to have to ride with Jalen Hurts for a little bit because in the draft, they got to rebuild that defense. They got to rebuild the defensive line. They got to get some better tackling. They're good on the back end. Darius Slay is amazing. Um, He eats up $20 million in cap space, but he's amazing. And But they're aging at the front line. Fletcher Cox is going to be 32 years old. Uh, uh, Barnett and Kerrigan are likely going to leave uh, for free agency. So they've got to completely rebuild their defensive line. They have three first-round draft picks to be able to do it, so thankfully they'll have plenty of picks, and this is a great year to be drafting defensive linemen. So I think they'll be okay there, but I just don't think it's good enough to be a playoff team next year. So the Philadelphia Eagles will be out. The New England Patriots, I've got them in. I'm going to say that they're, they're an in-team for the 2022 postseason. Mac Jones, in my opinion, is only going to improve. We know that he doesn't have the highest ceiling in the world, but his floor is a lot higher than the other rookie quarterbacks, in my opinion, that were in this draft. He just had a, a, a much narrower window to ascend to a different level. Belichick's team went 10-7 and seven this year. They relied heavily on defense, which, you know, Basically, got completely torched in the in the playoff game, and uh, Josh Allen just had his way with the defense. That was just a situation, in my opinion, where they got rolling, they got some confidence, and you, you just the the snowball wouldn't stop. And Mac Jones wasn't good enough to fire back to keep them in that game offensively. Now, some of the reasons why, possibly, because he just didn't have the weapons on uh, on offense. Now, when you look at where the, where the Patriots are, I think I honestly think they're one player away, and I mean one big impact player outside the numbers, from being a real contender to the Bills in the AFC East. I, I mean, I really believe that. I mean, when Mac Jones is throwing the football to Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, who had a few nice games, and Hunter Henry's a good player, and John Jonu Smith's an okay player, but look, they're not Randy Moss, they're not Rob Gronkowski, they're not Stefan Diggs, they're not Jamar Chase, I mean, all of these wide receivers that you're going to have to deal with in the AFC, like, they don't match up. you got to go get somebody on the outside. Now, they thought they had that person when they drafted Nikhil Harry. That was a huge mistake, obviously. Nikhil Harry's been terrible uh, in New England, and he has been in Bill Belichick's doghouse since day one. Oh, by the way, two players that were still on the draft board when they drafted Nikhil Harry, a couple of guys by the name of Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown. That was a horrible, horrible mistake by Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Now, looking at free agent wide receivers, not a whole lot out there right now. Devontae Adams is going to be a free agent. Would he sign in New England? To Would he leave Aaron Rodgers, who I think is going to re-sign with Green Bay? Would he re- leave Aaron Rodgers to go play with Mac Jones and Bill Belichick? I don't think so. Uh, listen, Matt LaFleur is a fantastic head coach. The players love playing for him. And, of course, you've got Aaron Rodgers there, the best thrower of the football in the history of the game. Why would Devontae Adams ever want to leave? So maybe like a Calvin Ridley, um, you know, you're to have to work a trade or something with the Falcons. They need to get somebody on the outside to make Mac Jones more effective. If they can get a real legitimate threat at wide receiver, the Patriots are a threat to have a deep run in the playoffs next year. They're definitely in. I just don't know how far they're going to go. Let's take a look at the Dallas Cowboys because – we know the roster is great. We know, you know, they're, they're loaded with talent. They've got talent outside the numbers. They've got talent on the back end. They can rush the passer. They've got below average tackling, but, you know, in this, in this day and age, uh, if, if, you can, if you can gang tackle and create turnovers like the Cowboys did this year, you'll be okay. Um, two glaring issues with the Cowboys. Number one, offensive line. People talk about offensive line, like, oh, the Cowboys offensive line, best in the league. Oh, really? Did you watch that game against San Francisco on Sunday? Because they were terrible. Like, there were 49ers in the backfield on every single play. They, they sacked Dak Prescott five times. They knocked him down 11 times, and they hurried him nine times. Well, he didn't throw 80 passes in the game. That's 26 passes that he was either disrupted on or hit on, and that's a problem. Look, Tyron Smith has been a great player for a long time and he got completely whipped in that game. I mean, there was he, he was a turnstile. And the 49ers were rushing four. They rarely blitzed in that game. 49ers were rushing four able to keep their you know their their full complement of defenders on the back end. That was huge for them. The other problem with the Cowboys as you know is their head coach. Mike McCarthy is look, this is nothing new. People people act like Mike McCarthy unable to manage games is something new. If you talk to Packer fans, dude, like <laughs> Packer fans celebrated when that guy left. Mainly because of what happened in the 2014 NFC Championship game to Seattle where he basically just uh, the final 5 minutes of the, of that game he just he he like he was like no nope, uh, we're, we're we're fine we got this. 12-point lead, there's no way Russell Wilson and the Seahawks will come back from that. <laughs> like, stop coaching, literally. Like, didn't realize there was a clock involved and all kinds of Like, it was bad. Um, and it wasn't the only game that he's mismanaged. Yes, he won a Super Bowl, and he does have that ring. He, he's he's not a fit leader of a, of a team that's focused on winning a Super Bowl right now. He's just not. Who's the coach going to be? Okay, I think the Cowboys are in next year nearly regardless of a complete implosion. But who's the coach going to be? Listen, I know a lot of people are like, oh, hire Dan Quinn. Because people who are, are on the fire Mike McCarthy train are like, let's hire Dan Quinn. Oh, really? Do you remember just how bad he was in Atlanta the final four years he was there? Talk about game management. Holy crap. I mean, that guy was the epitome of poor game management in his final four years as head coach in Atlanta. That team was awful. Like they, they, like you'd watch them play, and like, what are they thinking? They're they're holding on to timeouts when they should be using them. They're burning timeouts when they should be holding them. It was a it was a real issue for Dan Quinn. Okay, here's my solution to the problem. Because you're going to lose Dan Quinn to another team. He's going to take a head coaching job. You might lose Kellen Moore. They may fire Kellen Moore anyway, just and he be the scapegoat for Mike McCarthy. Here's my solution to the problem with the Dallas Cowboys, okay? And I know this is going to sound really simple, like, oh, yeah, way, way to really reach out there, Jeff. Go hire Jim Harbaugh. Have him be your next head coach. He will hire Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator, who, in my opinion, is the best defensive coordinator in the entire league. I'm not kidding. Like, I, I really think that, to me, Vic Fangio – is the best in the game at being a defensive coordinator. Not a great head coach, okay, Um, but just you look at his his resume is insane, like how good he has been in consistently putting great defenses on the field. So if it's me, if I'm Jerry Jones, if I'm the Jones family, I fire Mike McCarthy this week, I go throw whatever money at Jim Harbaugh he wants, lure him away from Michigan, pay the – you know, pay the buyout on his contract. They've got the money. It's a six billion dollar franchise, for God's sakes. Go and go and hire Jim Harbaugh. Let him bring in the recently fired Vic Fangio to run your defense. Find a new young star to run your offense. And let those guys just go out there and play. Bring back the physicality to Dallas. That's what Jim Harbaugh will bring with him. So I think, regardless, honestly, of of who the coach is, I think the Cowboys are in just because they're good enough, and the NFC East is abysmal, so they're going to win that division by default. So they're in. The Steelers, I think the Steelers are out, and I and I hate betting against Mike Tomlin because I did it this year, and I you know he went five hundred essentially eight eight he found a way to go eight eight and one in a year with a, an odd number of games, but he did it anyways. Didn't fall below five hundred. Look, who's the quarterback? I, I mean. Who's your quarterback going to be? Because Ben Roethlisberger's retiring. Now, thankfully for the Steelers, the retirement of Ben Roethlisberger will leave the team with about $44 million in cap space. So that's great news for the Steelers. The problem with the Steelers is y- you needed to have his replacement in place already. Like, are you really going to go to blows with the AFC North, the likes of whether it's Huntley or, or Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, with the likes of Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, or, I mean, is – bad as he is, Baker Mayfield in, in Cleveland with Mason Rudolph as your as your quarterback? No, come on. You can't do that. You can't sell Steelers fans on Mason Rudolph. Be a break. They're going to have to go find somebody. Who's available? Is Aaron Rodgers coming to Pittsburgh? Probably not. Is Russell Wilson coming to Pittsburgh? Probably not. You're go get Kirk Cousins. Okay. <laughs> Great. Let's, let's sell the Steelers fans on a guy who can't win in prime time. So, the Steelers' problem is right now is that they don't have a quarterback. As good as that defense is, they don't have a quarterback. Should have been one in place already. You, you, the, 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 the classic mistake in the NFL is not having your starter's replacement in place already, and they don't. It's not Mason Rudolph; he is not the answer. Certainly not in that division. Maybe if he played in the in the in the NFC East or something, but no, not in not in the AFC North. That is not not the decision you want to be making if if you're Mike Tomlin. So good luck to the Steelers. The division is better than you are right now. Somehow you found a way to squeak into the playoffs this year and get completely roasted by Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to be out of the playoffs next year. So I have Raiders out, Eagles out, Steelers out, and I also have the Cardinals out. And we'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show.
0: Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this Wednesday morning. All right, let's open up the phone lines. It is time to call for your chance to win those women's basketball tickets to go see Adia Barnes and the Wildcats take on Utah this Friday at the McHale Center. Be caller number three at 520-719-1490. That's 520-719-1490. Caller number three is going to win a pair of tickets to go see the Wildcats this Friday take on the U- the Utes at the McHale Center. Pardon me. And uh, good luck and enjoy the game. So the Arizona Cardinals... I, I have them out of the playoffs next year. Now, it's not just because I'm hating on the Cardinals, okay? I think that they have plenty of p- pieces in place. A lot of peas there. Plenty of pieces in place to make another run at the NFC West. Certainly, the NFC West is going to be good again next year. The Rams, you know, they're, they're going to be contenders, obviously. They're, they're a very well-built roster for at least the next season. The 49ers doesn't seem like any they're going to be going away anytime soon unless something happens where Trey Lance is a complete flop if they if they decide to start him next year, which could be the case. You know, maybe the 49ers are a team that's out next year because they decide to start a, a rookie quarterback that just doesn't have it. That could be the case. Seattle is going to rebuild their defense, which they need to do if they can keep Russell happy uh, and they can rebuild that defense. They're going to be contenders again next year too. The window, uh, you know, the, the walls are closing in for the Arizona Cardinals right now because there's just not a whole lot of spots left for them. If they can't win the division, they got to rely on one of those wild card spots, and those wild card spots are going to be eaten up by some other really good teams. I mean, when New England or when New Orleans gets a quarterback, and they will, they're a playoff team. So you got them. I think that that either the Bears or the Vikings are going to be an improved team next year. Maybe both of them will be improved teams next year. And I think one of them is going to figure something out and probably get into the playoffs. Washington, there's no way that um, collection of talent on defense plays as poorly next year as it did this year. They get a quarterback, they're in business. So there are a lot of teams that are going to be improving, in my opinion, in the NFC next year. The Cardinals were a team, are a team, full of stars and no backups. And you can't. It's not. You can't just go to your your starters and be like, okay, guys, don't get hurt because if you get hurt, we got nobody behind you to help you out. Look, there was there was some glaring issues, and late in the season, teams started to pick on them. Specifically, poor Marco Wilson. I mean, listen, he fought hard. He played well throughout most of the season. He was put in a position that he never should have been put in. We talked with Tyler Drake about you know the Malcolm Jenkins uh, retirement. The, the just up and retiring at the beginning of the season, like, okay, well, all right, well, bye. Um, so it it thrust Marco Wilson into that starting position. He was a fourth-round pick. He's a rookie. And even though he started off the season okay, eh, things went downhill from there. Marco Wilson allowed a passer rating of over 120 against him this year. That was worst in the NFL, dead last. He was essentially the worst starting corner in the NFL this year. That can't happen. If you're a, if you're a true contender for a deep playoff run, you cannot have essentially what is the, the NFL's worst cornerback. So the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to figure out either develop a better pass rush, find a way to, to motivate Chandler Jones to play every down in every game like it's his last which is not going to happen because he's never done it in his entire life. Why would he do it now? Or you're going to have to get better at a controlling the clock a little bit more, a little bit better on offense to keep your defense off the field and or improving your secondary. The Cardinals can only do that if they decide to spread the money around a little bit more. Look, you 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 had to pay DeAndre Hopkins, right? You had to make that trade. Like nobody nobody on earth would have ever said so? You're going to offer me the league, one of the league's three best wide receivers for David Johnson and a second round pick. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I don't know what I should do with that. <laughs> Give me a break. Everybody on planet Earth would make that trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. That's not, Are you? Uh, uh you know, him and Hall a little bit. Oh, maybe it sounds a little too, a little too steep for me. No, no, no. You jump on that trade. You say yes. Send him over. Okay. You, you you absolutely do that. So nobody's going to fault them for that. And I applaud them for signing a guy like J.J. Watt, not only for what he does on the field, for what he does off the field. He's just a great guy to have in your organization wearing your shield, right? I mean, that's that's the kind of guy you want. Problem is they went cheap on the offensive line outside of Rodney Hudson. And Rod, Rodney Hudson was a very good player for the Cardinals this year when he was healthy, but instead they had Max Garcia playing center. Max? Who? Yeah, Max Garcia was playing center for a large portion of this season. They just didn't have backups, at least backups that were worthy of contending in the NFL. It was kind of like watching the 2021 iteration of the Arizona Wildcats. They had some, they had some good pieces here and there, right? I mean, there's, there was some, there's some really talented running backs, really talented wide receivers. We finally found a quarterback uh, in Jordan McLeod that, that you know was able to move the offense Able to keep them going, put points on the board. Uh, we had a a few, you know, good offensive and defensive linemen, a few good guy, guys in the trenches. As soon as any of the starters went down, it was like, here comes the backup. You're like, well, who's whoa, who's this guy? <laughs> right? Like the, the 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 Wildcats had no depth on their roster, and the Arizona Cardinals were very largely the same way. And we saw what happened late in the season: injuries start to pile up. Those backups are playing more reps, and you get what you get. Also, first-round pick Zayvon Collins couldn't get on the field. That's a problem. Like, that's a huge problem. To have your first-round pick not be able to get on the field, you signed a guy off the waiver wire that got more snaps in games, late in games, when it matters, late in the season, than your first-round pick Zayvon Collins. So that's a problem. All right, so I have the Cardinals out. I think the, I think the Cardinals are out. So those are, of the six teams that have been eliminated, For next year's playoff, I have four of them out. I have the Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, and Cardinals out. I have the Cowboys and the Patriots in. Congratulations to Nelson Ortiz. Nelson Ortiz was our winner of those uh, women's basketball tickets. Congratulations, Nelson. Enjoy the game, and thank you for listening. Each win means that much more in the NFL playoffs, and FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with that 30-to-1 enhanced odds promo that we're running for the divisional playoffs. Just for this weekend, when you sign up, Using my promo code DEAN, you can place a $5 bet and win 150 bucks. Just pick any team to win. The Packers are the biggest favorite right now. They're a 5.5 or a 6-point favorite, maybe even this morning. The number's been growing in, in in favor of the Packers. Maybe that's where you go. Maybe you want to go bet the biggest favorite. Maybe you have an underdog that you like. Maybe there's a road team that you like to pull the upset. Any way you want to go, a $5 bet is going to get you 150 bucks. Personally, I'd bet the Titans over the Bengals, but that's just me. If you sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook today, make your deposit, claim your 30-to-1 enhanced odds, use my promo code DEAN, that way you make sure you get the right promo in there. Now, betting the NFL on America's number one sportsbook is super simple. The app is easy to use. They offer safe and secure transactions. And when you win, you get paid out in as few as two hours. And if you're already a FanDuel Sportsbook fan and already a customer, Great. Go into the Refer a Friend program. Refer your friends. Get them 50 bucks and get yourself 50 bucks for referring a friend. There's lots of great promotions running every single day and throughout the weeks here on FanDuel Sportsbook. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Use my promo code Dean and pick your divisional playoff team before kickoff on Saturday. Twenty one and over and present in President Arizona. New Year's is only ten dollar first deposit was required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus is one hundred fifty dollars. Restrictions apply. See full term to sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred next step or text next step to five three three four two. When we return, Wildcat basketball goes on the road. We'll talk about the new expectations for the men's team. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. <laughs>
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: The number two net team in the country. The number eight Ken Palm team in the country. Your Arizona Wildcats men's basketball team goes on the road this week for an extended road trip in California. They'll be heading to Stanford to play the Cardinal on Thursday night, then head over to Berkeley to play a Sunday afternoon game against the Bears, and then head down to Los Angeles for a Tuesday night matchup against the Bruins. So a big three-game matchup in uh, on the road in California is going to definitely make a mark on this year's team uh, as far as, you know, as far as, you know, where, uh, you know, where we, you know, how we view them, um, you know, essentially, you know, what is their, what is their, you know, net ranking going to look like coming out of that? um, You know, all of those, all of those things will be put into question as, uh, as Arizona gets ready to embark on their road trip. Now expectations prior to the season, I think for most people, the people that I talk to and even for myself, um, you know, I, I I said I predicted this team would be a top 25 team by the end of the season. They would be ranked in the AP 25, uh, top 25 at some point this season and probably head into the Pac-12 tournament somewhere in the top 25. And I tend to be a little more optimistic about things than a lot of people do, specifically when pertaining to Arizona basketball, not to mention I was a lot more familiar with Tommy Lloyd and his resume and just how good he is at his job than a lot of people were. A lot of people didn't even know who he was or where he came from because he was an assistant for so long at one school at Gonzaga, right? Um, thankfully, I'm very familiar with with what Tommy Lloyd does and uh, good friends with somebody who played for Tommy and, you know, I know a lot about the dude and, and you know... When they, when they hired him, I signed off wholeheartedly on that. I was very excited that Arizona was able to get somebody of uh, of his ability. And, uh, and you know, now we're, we're seeing the benefits of that. I mean, he got one of the best teams in the country, um, you know, the number three ranked team in the AP. Again, more importantly, the number two net team in the NCAA, the number eight Ken Palm team, and a team that Joe Lunardi currently has as the number two overall seed in the uh, NCAA tournament. So what are the expectations? How have the expectations changed? Have expectations changed? Are we still kind of cautiously wading into the waters with this year's men's basketball team? I, I think, you know, for me, I, you know, and, and when I talked preseason with you know with other people and stuff, and we would be talking about Arizona basketball, and they would ask me, look, is this a tournament team? I said, absolutely, this is a tournament team. There's plenty of talent on this team to go to a tournament Um, I, I fully expected, look, the the growth of, of Christian Coloco is not surprising to me. I'm surprised at how, how, like just how good he's become. Like he's a much better player right now than I thought he would be. I knew he would be improved and I knew that he was going to be someone who would contend for the PAC 12 defensive player of the year. I just, you could just see it in him throughout the season last year even though fans weren't able to go to the games and such you could just you could just tell it's 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 there it's ready um he is fully emerged like he's one of the best players in the entire conference and Arizona also has two more guys like that in Benedict Matherin Azulis Tabelas they have an oncoming point guard who can really dish out the ball in Kirk they've got Dalen Terry who is the glue guy he he's you know, he 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 fills in all the holes and all the gaps on the team. He does a little bit of everything. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He can score around the rim. He can rebound. He can defend like a madman. I mean, you know, he's, he, he kind of does it all. And it's just a really good collection of players that Arizona has. When I was asked before the season, I felt like this was a team who could win a game in the tournament. Like Depending on the matchups, I felt like, look, for a rookie coach and for this particular you know, this particular set of players, I, I felt like they were capable, depending on their seeding and depending on the matchup, could get a win maybe two in the postseason. Have our expectations change now that they're the number three ranked team in the country and Joe Lunardi has them as the number two overall seed in his March Madness bracket that is nearly almost always ninety five percent or better spot on. I think we need to temper still our expectations for this team. The The strength of schedule has not been fantastic. That blowout win on a neutral site against Michigan, although great at the time, and look, anytime you blow out a Power 5 team like that, you, you know, you, you, you get credit for that. Uh, Michigan has turned into a disaster. They're, I think they're, they're 13th in the Big Ten right now. Uh, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. They've got some real problems. Now, a lot of people will point to it and say Arizona exposed those problems because Michigan was playing really good basketball uh, prior to Arizona just completely decimating them. And maybe Arizona exposed some things about Michigan, not only for other teams to look at but in Michigan themselves, to look within themselves and say, look, we got problems. Uh, And that's very possible. You know, they go on the road. They beat Illinois, which is their best – that's their best win of the years right now, obviously – that win against Illinois is going to pay huge dividends because Illinois is damn good. I mean, they're they're real good. I watched them play against uh, Purdue the other day in that uh, on Monday and that overtime game there, and really wish they could have had Kofi Coburn for uh, for their overtimes because he uh, if, if they have Kofi Coburn in the overtimes, I think Illinois wins that game. Unfortunately, he fouled out in the first minute of the first overtime, and that was it. So, I still think we need to temper our expectations for this team, if only because. I again, you know my mantra, you know one of my well, I have a few of them, <laughs> but look te- you know, managing your expectations is so important in this day and age because there there's so much information floating around out there, lots of people offering opinions on things. There's a lot of different avenues to sway your outlook and your opinion on certain things. I still think that we need to manage our expectations. I look at this team and I see a team that gets better week to week. I see a team that still has, Problems. Uh, I mean, let, let's, let's call it like it is. I mean, they've, they've got a turnover problem. They really do. They've got an early game problem. They start slow. They are a team. Now, they went up 14 on Utah and then let them back in the game. They let one player kind of go off. Uh, K.J. Simpson went off in the first half there, and they, they reined it in. But, you know, Arizona's 113th in the country in turnover margin. And it's a team that does create turnovers. It's not like they don't create turnovers. They turn the ball over a lot. Uh, another team, you know, another part of the, the problem with this team is their three-point shooting is <laughs> it's spotty at best. Three-point field goal percentage right now, they're 123rd in the country out of 350 teams. So they're, they're you know, top third, but 123rd is, is not great. And if you get a team that's, you know, that matches up against you in the tournament, that's going to pack the lane and force you to shoot the ball outside, Arizona's potential for struggling. Potential for loss goes goes way up, obviously. The good thing for Arizona is they're, they're playing really good defense, and I think they're, they're playing better defense than we expected them to. We expected the offense to be good, right? I mean, Tommy Lloyd's resume, and when you look at these particular players that Arizona has, we expected the offense to be one of the best offenses not only in the conference but in the country as well. The defense is what has been really good for Arizona. They're number two in the country in scoring margin. They rebound the ball extremely well, uh, and then, of course, they they, they obviously are able to shut down certain players when it comes time to. K.J. Simpson, who had 14 points in the first half of the game, was shut down to three. We've seen other players go off in the first half against Arizona, establish themselves as a big-time scorer, and then Arizona completely shuts them down in the second half. That's a, a great testament not only to the coaches for recognizing and scheming at halftime, but also to the players for carrying out that missive. Um, look, this is a really good basketball team, and I think my expectations for this team have gone up slightly. But there are te- there are people out there that are like Final Four bust. Like, hey, 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 <laughs> let's let's just settle down. Let's not let's not put the cart before the horse here. Okay, this team they they still got a lot of tests to pass here in the Pac-12, including a three-game road streak that starts tomorrow or uh, yeah tomorrow in Stanford. Uh, the team will take off uh, this evening. I still think it's a day earlier because of the 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 day off that we had on Monday. Um, they'll take off for for Stanford tonight, and uh, they'll play the uh, they'll play the Cardinal, who's a tough team. Now Stanford, just real quick before uh, before we break, is uh, you know got to get out here. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a clock. They're a big team. They rebound extremely well. They're they turn over the ball at an, at an alarming rate, and I mean. When I say alarming rate, I believe they're 343rd in the country in total turnovers. That's a lot. <laughs> That's really bad. Okay, I think they average like 16 turnovers a game. So Arizona can focus on that. And giving Arizona extra possessions is a recipe for blowout, recipe for disaster. So I expect Arizona to play well on the road. We know that Ben Matherin is going to play well on the road. And uh, if they can bring the defense and rebounding with them, that'll that'll play well for them as well. So uh, we'll, we'll have a full breakdown of that tomorrow for you as the uh, they get ready for Stanford tomorrow night. The NFL playoffs, as you know, are in full gear. Everyone can get in on the action on a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're already a FanDuel member, great. If you're not a FanDuel member, that's fine too. Because all customers are going to get $10 back if your SGP doesn't win. The SGPs allow you to combine multiple bets to form uh, better odds for a bigger payout. You can combine bets on money line, player stats, point spread, so much more. And if you want, you can look at the player stats like Maybe quarterbacks rushing. Both quarterbacks are going to use their legs to give them an advantage in the game in Kansas City on Sunday night. Maybe bet the over on their rushing yards. Maybe give the tight ends some love and say, look, I think both tight ends are going to score a touchdown in the game. Throw in your money line pick. you got a five-leg SGP. Throw 10 bucks on it. If you win, you're going to score big. If you lose, you get your $10 back. It's just that simple, and it's up for all customers. They are the market leader in sports betting, and FanDuel Sportsbook makes it easy to use on their app and is a legitimate official sports betting partner of the NFL. Like I said, if you already have an account, place your risk-free same-game parlay on any of the divisional round games to qualify, and new customers can join with my promo code DEAN when you sign up. And when you sign up with my promo code DEAN, you're also going to get the access to the 30-to-1 odds on any divisional round game uh, team to win. $5 bet gets you 150 bucks. It's just that simple. you got to use my promo code DEAN, though, to get access to both of those great promotions. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in President Arizona. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit. expires in seven days. Max bonus $10. Restrictions apply. See turn to sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. When we return, I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson.
0: Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Boy, just like that, the show's over. I feel like I just got started. Oh, man. Back in the day, I used to do a five-hour radio show. To me now, that seems just completely ridiculous like five hours that's I, I don't know what I did during those five hours it was so long ago I don't I'm like I'm like how did I get through five hours <laughs> somehow someway I had lots of help Lincoln Kennedy my guy he I, we've, we I would I would see link walking around the uh, the hallways and stuff because he wanted to get, he wanted to start his his like radio job then and uh, he'd like he'd stick his big head in the window and be like hey can I come in I'm like yeah come and sit down man He'd just sit there and talk for like an hour <laughs> one of the biggest men I've ever met in my entire life I've been around some big dudes like Yao Ming was an absolute giant and I, like I, I would see Yao you know in the in the locker rooms and stuff and in in the hallways down when we cover Suns games and stuff and just how huge of a human being he was of course Shaq my dude <laughs> love that guy uh love Shaq and, uh, and uh, Lincoln Kennedy, man, 6'8", 345, 350 pounds, a massive human being with an even bigger heart. I don't know how I got through those five hours. When well, we're done with two hours today, they go so fast. My goodness. Thanks to Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider, for uh, joining me today to talk Cardinals. Of course, as we do every Wednesday at 730. Of course, thanks to Mary for all her work back in the studio for pushing all the right buttons and keeping us on the air here. And thanks to you guys. Our winner of the women's basketball tickets, Nelson Ortiz. Our winners of the Roadrunners Family Four Packs for Star Wars Night coming up. We'll have more of those to give away tomorrow as well as women's basketball tickets. We'll talk some Arizona basketball tomorrow. And so will Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6. So stay tuned right here to 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. I'll see you guys again tomorrow morning, 7 AM, for the next Jeff Dean Show.
0: Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7
1: on ESPN Tucson.